Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Glory to God. Like I said, the name of the title of this message, Authority in Your Prayer Life. Your prayer life should be the most important thing as a Christian. As a Christian, your prayer life must be the most important thing, and you must have one. You must have a prayer life to be a successful Christian. Because everything we do, everything is have, it's a spiritual thing. And if you're not praying, you're not going to make it. And I said that Sunday, but it's so important that I say it again. If you're not praying, you're not going to make it as a Christian. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be mad. You're going to be this because things are not working in your life because you're not praying. You're not communicating with God. Uh, uh, 1 Samuel 12, 23, Samuel considered it a sin against the Lord if he should stop praying for his fellow Israelites. I'm going to read that scripture to you, 1 Samuel 12, 23. He said, moreover, as for me, God forbid that I shall sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He called it a sin. He considered it a sin to pray for you. So if you work in the ministry at all, especially in this ministry or anywhere, if you're doing anything, if you're an usher, you're a greeter, children's ministry, praise team, ministry, whatever, you must have a prayer life. Because the enemy will attack you more. You need to pray. You know, even though you work in the ministry, you need to pray before you come to prayer. You don't wait till you get to prayer to pray. You get up in the morning, you start your day with prayer. And I know we pray when we come here and we have our prayer and everybody start ushering, start greeting, this and that. But you need to pray before that. So when you come here, your attitudes and your ways are already ready to go. You're ready to love on people. You're ready to show the love of Christ. So always pray. Don't ever get up in the morning and start starting this day off without spending time with the Lord. Always set a place, a time, and that time is very important. If you set getting up at 6, getting up at whatever time, spend that time with God before you get on Facebook, before you start calling, before you spend that time with him so you can command your morning. Yeah, you have to command your morning. You can spend time with God. Then you go out and you're equipped. You're ready to go. Amen. So like I said, if you're ministering anything in here, you have to pray because the enemy tries to attack us more because we are a threat to his kingdom, his kingdom of darkness. So you think he's going to allow a minister or somebody to work in the church? He wants you to have an attitude. So that person who's coming to church leave and say, we all mean, mad people, so they don't come back. So you have to put this flesh under subjection and say, no, I'm going to walk in love. I know me and my wife, her husband just had an argument, but I'm going to put that, I'm coming to church, and I'm going to walk in love, and I'll take care of that when I get home. But you have to show the love of Christ, especially in here, because we are the light of the world. And if they don't see it here, they're sure not getting out there in the world. You saw that with the Grammys. That was straight demonic. So they're not getting it in the world. So we have to be the light. Amen. So I have some nuggets, and I want is nuggets number one. It said prayer helps you develop a relationship with God. So your prayer helps you to develop a relationship with God. Luke 10, Luke 18, 1, Caleb. Luke 18, 1. Amen. There we go. 
He said, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart or faint or not be weary. So he said, men always to pray. And you don't have to pray when you just get up in the morning. You pray all through the day. Smith Wisdom's work said he's pray all day. Dad Hagen said he pray all day, sitting in the car, whatever. Just pray. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. You just pray somebody. When we, me and my wife together, somebody get a call, say somebody going through something. We'll stop right then there while we're driving. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for such and such. And it's quick prayer. So when you have that time, make sure you pray in the midst of your day. Don't wait. He said, just like our parents and our early wives and our kids want to spend time with us, our Heavenly Father wanted the same thing. He wanted to spend time with us and talk to us. When you pray, he listens. Yeah, when you pray, he listens. But you got to give him that quiet time and spend that time with him. I always have to have the quiet time to spend with the Lord. He's listening, but when you pray, he wants a relationship with you. Yeah, he wants a relationship with you. If you have your Bibles, let's go to John eleven forty two. John eleven forty two. Like I said, if you don't have your Bible, you have your iPads or whatever you're using. I, I still use the Bible. I still do. Now, you know, you don't have to, you know, I know you probably don't bring it all the time, but at least have one personally at home that you can, you know, have and mark and put highlights in and read and make it personal. John eleven forty two, Amen. Let's get, it says have it written down. Okay, 42. And I know that you always, this is Jesus praying to the Father. He said, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. That, and, and when I'm talking about Lazarus, now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. God always hear you. He hears you. Now, that you can't get upset or whatever when he don't answer your prayer assuming you want it. Assuming you're praying for something, you expect him to jump like a genie and do this and that. Sometimes he's working things out. Sometimes what you want may not be what you need at that moment. He's saying, if I give it to you, it's going to destroy you. So I'm going to let you just wait for a minute. And, th- and that's when we, as Christians, we get frustrated, disappointed. Now you don't want to pray. Because you thought God was supposed to just give you what you want. And he didn't give it to you. Now you're mad. And then now you get back. You see, baby Christians usually can can be carried. I thought about this. Baby Christians can usually be carried by mature Christian faith. By mature Christian faith. But after a certain period of time, God expects you to develop your own prayer life. Your own prayer life. Meaning when you meet somebody and they just come to church... You with them, and you, you carry, and they're calling you all the time. Can you pray for me? Can you pray? You're carrying them. You're carrying them on your faith. But as you get grown, like a big child, I'm not going to carry Caleb. He's taller than me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to. When he was a baby, I did that. But as you get grown, you have to start practicing, start reading your Bible, start praying, start developing your faith. And you can't be calling everybody every time you need something. God wants you to practice your faith. It works. You see, new Christians are like babies. No one is born a full-grown Christian. No one. That's why you, we must be patient with them. When they come into church, we can't expect them to know the Christians, 
Praise the Lord. How you doing? Glory to God. You can't expect them to know that. So we have to love them for where they're at. You know what I'm saying? And just love them for where they're at. They're just coming to church. Just love them and be a Christian. 1 Peter 2, 2. It said, As newborn babes desire to sincere milk of the word, that they may grow. They're coming here because they're desiring something. The world is out there is tearing them up. The world is tearing them up. So when they come here, they're desiring the, the word, they're desiring love. They say, hey, they, they told me they have love at that church. I'm coming. You know, they, so we can't judge them and look at them. and do, No, they're coming because the world is crazy. It is crazy out there. When you turn the news on and look at the TV, it is crazy out there. And the devil is full on flash now. He's not hiding. He's no more in the closet. Yeah, he's no more in the closet. And they're allowing it all on TV. Can't believe that filth they put on TV. It was blasphemous. There was, there was uh, devil um, worship, ritual, all type of stuff. And people looking at it. And you filling yourself up with that demonic spirit and you wondering why you feel in a certain way after you watch it. That's why you got to watch what you watch. I don't care who's on it. I don't care who's doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't care who's doing it. <laughs> I don't care. They may sing good, look good. I don't care. Some of these people are just straight demonic. Amen. So God bless you. Let, let's continue on. Like I said Sunday, God wants to hear from you, but you must initiate the prayer and listen and wait. They have a prayer by uh, our pastor friend, Pastor Watts Hash. He said, the listening side of prayer. And that's what we as Christians, we get there and we talk to God, give me, 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 give me. Okay, and I'm done. I'm, I'm moving on. It's, like I said, there's different types of prayers. Prayer of worship. When I go to God, I worship him first. I enter his presence, worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Confess my sin, what I did wrong. Then he'll talk to me and talk to me. I don't go to act unless you, you know, at that moment you do, but you have to get in his presence and worship God and spend time with him. And as you do that, you develop a relationship with him. And then you, when you come here, you're able to come here and receive the word from pastor or whoever ministering. You can receive the word because your heart has already been tender, you're ready, you've been worshiping God. You're not come. So take the time to spend time with the Lord. Amen? You can't come to God begging and pleading for stuff. Please, please, please. You got to come in faith. You come with the word. You come with the word and say, God, you said in your word that if I abide in you and your word abide in me, whatsoever I shall ask, it shall be done. You know, first you get all that pleading stuff out the beginning. When you first get there, you say, God, I'm sorry. I messed up, and this and that. And then you come boldly. He wants you to come boldly to the throne of grace. He wants you to come boldly to him. Because when you know who you are, you're going to come boldly to the throne of grace. Not begging, but coming boldly. God, you said in your word, God, by your stripes I'm healed. You said, Father God, that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You said, Father God, this is your word. You said it. He wants you to come to him like that. When we have a relationship with him, you can but when you don't have a relationship with somebody, you come to them pleading, God, I, I plead, plead, please, please, please. So build a relationship with God. When you do that, it gets stronger and stronger. Prayer helps you to develop a relationship with God. Nugget number two. 
Prayer helps you to understand the love of God. When you pray, you understand the love of God, that he loves you no matter what, that he loves you. Sometimes when you do stuff or you get into a situation, he gets you out, you're like, man, how, how can you still love me for that? He loves you. So when you pray, you build that relationship and find out how much God loves you. 1 John 4, 8, 1 John 4, 8, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So if you don't have the love of God in your heart, check yourself and see where you're at. Because God is love. He's not all this stuff that's going on in this world. That's why it, today's society is not even Democrat or Republicans. It's not black or white. It's straight out good and evil. That's where we're at right now. you either good or you're evil. Yeah, I don't care about what, all, what politics and stuff you're in. If you're good, you're going to do what God say do. If you're evil, you're doing what the world say do. Straight up. Now, I'm going to judge you on your fruit. If, you, if you're in the world, if you're loving this, you say, well, I'm black, so I'm this, this, this. Okay. Black do evil stuff too, just like anybody else. So your heart should be with God, not with man. Because everybody have issues. So trust God. Amen? So when you keep messing up and he keep forgiving you, what the song said, that's love. Yeah, that's love. Because times in my, 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 my years, my 30 years with Christ, I messed up time after time after time. And to be able to come back to him and knowing that he forgave me and he gave me another chance, that's love. So when I'm on my face praying to him, he says, son, I forgive you. You know, but we so used to our earthly parents, no, you got, you know, you're going to get punished, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. God said, he forgive you soon, you ask him. And it's hard to conceive that because you're like, man, how, how can that happen? But he, he really do. He said, God, I repent. Forgive me. I'm sorry. And he forgive you. Amen? So, and then 1 John 4, 9, to continue on, 1 John 4, 9, in this the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son unto the world that we might live through him. And I wrote this down. It said, God's ultimate goal for us is to be transformed into the image of Christ. His ultimate goal for us is to be transformed into the image of Christ, which means we should be increasingly reflecting his loving character in our behavior and our attitude. We should be. If we're not becoming more loving, we have taken the wrong turn in our pursuit to follow Christ. So if you're not seeing yourself changing from one way to another in loving and walking in love, something got you off track. You're not in this world. You're not spending time with the Lord. You're not doing something. Because your pursuit, his pursuit is to transform. He said, be not conforming to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you become a Christian, you got to renew your mind to the word of God. I want to be like Christ. I want to walk like Christ. I don't want nothing con condemning this body because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I don't want to watch this and do this and do that and do that and then come to church like it's not going to work. It's really not. If you leave here and you go and do stuff and you go and you knowing you go and sin, it's not going to work for you because you're going to get frustrated. Because you're going to be condemned. And you can't be righteous and condemned at the same time. It's impossible. 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But when the condemnation, that's why he said in what Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ. In Christ, no condemnation. So you have to remember that. And that was the hardest thing for me as a Christian to realize when I messed up, don't condemn myself. Because it's quick for us to condemn ourselves. Man, 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 God said, I forgave you. So you forgive yourself. And sometimes it's hard for us to forgive ourselves. We hold that stuff in and hold it in and hold it in and hold it in and it become a stronghold. And some strongholds are harder to get away, get rid of than others. It's like a tree. You got a tree that's been there for 50 years. That root is down in the ground. But you got a tree, you just plant it, you can just pull it up, pull it up. So some people dealing with stuff, it's a stronghold. You may have been molested when you was four years old. You may have something happened when you was five years old, so that stronghold is there. You know what I'm saying? But you have to give it to God. You have to forgive that person, give it to God, and let it go. You have to forgive. Let it go. Come on. Let it go. Amen. 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 Let's continue on. I love that. Go to Ephesians uh, 3.19. To know the love of Christ, Ephesians 3.19. Y'all putting it up on the screen? Okay, there we go. It says, uh, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You can't understand uh, the love of Christ. It's so hard to understand the love of Christ. I, I look at the love of Christ as similar to how a mother loves her kid. If you want to put it in the way that God loves, look how a mother loves her kid. Sometimes, especially, I remember T.D. Jake said, if a mother can love her son the way she, if she can love her husband the way she loves her son, their marriage will be okay. <laughs> and that's true, like, you know, sometimes the son could just do anything. The mother, like, oh, you know, I'll be like, boy, no, don't play your mom like that. Go, Caleb be like, and mom just love her, Caleb. Caleb, and he just come give her all the hugs and this and that. I'll be like, oh, you want something? Just sit, nah, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So just that's how the love of God is. He loves us just that much. And, and us, and meaning us, us we, we're not used to love. We're not used to somebody loving us unconditionally. I had a hard time with that. I had a hard time realizing how important it is to love somebody. You know, I had a little, because I was rejected by my dad. My dad was never in my life. And I had to forgive my dad at his dying bed. I had to forgive him. And I remember a preacher preached on forgiveness one day. And I was at church, and I just got saved, and I was doing my thing. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me just like in the pew and said, you need to forgive your dad. He never was in my life. He never did nothing for me. I ain't messing with him, you know what I'm saying? I don't talk to him. So you need to forgive him. And I got home, and I'm trying to do stuff. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to call him. And I called him. And I told him, I said, hey, Dad, how you doing? I'm trying to small talk and all that stuff. The Holy Spirit said, you need to ask him for forgiveness. So I had to tell him. I said, God, I said, Dad, you know, I'm saved. Nice. Yeah, I heard you was going to church. My mom lies. I said, I just want to let you know I forgive you for everything you didn't do in my life, everything, you know, there's a little boy for leaving me, doing all this stuff. I he's just about bawling, crying, just crying. I forgive you too, son. I said, and I didn't send you birthday cards, and I didn't send them. I forgive you. And while I was doing that, the Holy Spirit said, now win him to me. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, yeah, win him to me. 
So while his emotion was there, I said, Dad, you know, you can be saved now, too. You can give your life to Jesus Christ now, too. He said, God love you. He can forgive you. I said, Dad, if you don't, get on your knees. I'm in Berkeley, California. I remember, I had a house in Berkeley. Get on your knees. Let's pray. And we pray. He bawled out crying, received Jesus into his heart, got saved. I got saved. I got, he got saved. I mean, he got saved. But the, the, the part on that is six months later, he died. Now, I would have had that pain still in my heart without forgiveness, and he would have been, you know. So my dad went to heaven. I got freed from that by listening to the Holy Spirit. He told me exactly what he did. And I didn't want to do it. Your flesh is not going to want to do it because that pain may have hurt you. Somebody may have molested you. Somebody may have this, and that hurt. But you have to look him in the face. You may not see the person, but you have to look him in the face when you pray and say, I forgive you. You hurted me, but I forgive you, and I'm going to release you. And when you do that, the whole weight just release, release off of you. Amen? So that just was a side nugget. Let's uh, continue on. Okay, let's go to uh, Ephesians. Ephesians, I want to leave you all with this. I'm not going to say the whole thing, but I want you to leave this one of my prayers that I do. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23, and it's a prayer, and it's Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. It's a continuation of prayer. You say one of them, then you switch to the other. You say, so it's a continuation of prayer. And when you say it, I want to show you something real quickly. When you say it, show you how to say it, for as you can continue on. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. No, verse, um, what did I say? Verse 17, I'm sorry. It said that the, when you say you, uh, you, you put yourself in this prayer. So put yourself in it like this, like I'm saying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know him. I may, I, put yourself in, and you can pray this prayer for your loved ones when they're going through stuff. We did it many a times. We pray for our kids. We'll put their name in this prayer, that the eyes of their, um, their understanding will be enlightened. Because some people just need to get a revelation of what's going on. Some people make wrong decisions. So you pray, God, open my child's eye that she can see. Open my son's eye because he's doing the wrong thing. When I'm asking you to open his eyes that he can see. So you pray that, verse 20, which, is the wor- uh, which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own heavenly places in Christ. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominions and every name that is named. So as you say this, and then you jump over to, what, 314, and you continue on. For this reason I bow my knees unto the fall of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that you will grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might through your spirit in the inner man. I've been saying this for years. Just saying this, and when you say this, God open your eyes up to stuff. You see stuff differently. So that's part of a prayer. But like Ephesians 5, 1. Ephesians 5, 1. Read, I'm going to read this to you. Because I want to show you what Christ did, and he didn't have to do it. He did it because he loved you. Ephesians 5, 1. He said, therefore, be imitators. To therefore be imitators of followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and has given himself for us and offering and his sacrifice to God for his sweet, sweet smelling aroma. 
He said he gave himself for us. God didn't make him do it. He did it because he loved us. He said, I'll do it, God. I'll die for the sin of the world so I can bring your people back to you. I will do it. And, and, and at the time on the cross, he said, Father, if there's any other way, any other way, this, we can do this. But he said, not my will, let thy will be done. He said that because he didn't want the separation between him and God. Because he knew that was going to separate him from God. But he said, nah, not my will, but let thy will be done. Amen? Nugget number three. Prayer helps you find direction in your life. Prayer helps you to find direction in your life. Psalms 25, 4. It says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. He will show you where to go. He will show you what to do. Prayer helps you to make serious decisions in your life. God always listen and offer a specific answer and guidance. He's always going to give you specific. If you listen, he's going to tell you what to do. If you stay still and listen, and you pray, don't be quick to give up. get up. I had a friend of mine oh, about a year ago, he was talking to me. He said, man, I'm having a hard time. My prayer life is just shot, just shot. And I'm listening to him. And, and I know where he was going. He said, man, I'm praying. I said, so what, what time you get up? He said, well, I got the kids. The kids get up at 7. I get up with the kids at 7. I said, that's your problem. You can't get up with chaos and the kids and you didn't pray. So you may have to get up by 630 and before the kids get up. Give yourself time to prepare yourself. Yeah, you can't get up into chaos and kids running around. You didn't pray. No, spend time with the Lord first. Set that clock back. Don't get up and say, I got to be to work at 8. I'm going to leave at 745. I'm jumping. I got my clothes ready. I'm going to jump up and I'm going. Come on, you praying in the car. Look, quick prayer in the car. That works sometimes, but you can't do That's not a relationship. You got to build a relationship with God. And as you do that, you get longer and longer. You want to spend more time with him. You want to spend hours with him because you want to just spend time with him. I, yeah, I don't, on Sunday mornings, I pray before I come to church. I want my heart and mind to be open to this man of God and hear this word. So you have to pray. You have to give God that time. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You just have to do what he said to do. Even when he chooses to answer, to do not answer you immediately and in the way you may want him to, you have to trust him. Even though it may not come the way you want him to, you still have to trust him. The Bible says in James 1, 5, any man like wisdom, let him ask of God, James 1, 5, who give it to all liberally and without reproach. And that, mean, that word reproach means disapprove or disappointment. So God going to give you wisdom without disapproval or disappointment, meaning when you're in a situation, you may be in the middle of a situation, and you ask God for wisdom to get out of it, he's not going to say, well, I'm disappointed in you. I'm not, not going to help you out right now. No, he'll help you out of that in the midst of your mess. You can be doing something and say, God, I need wisdom how to get out of there. He'll give you wisdom how to get out. He's not going to condemn you and say, no, you shouldn't have did that. I'm going to put you in the back of the line right now and wait. No, no, he's going to 
He's going to give you rid of it, but he don't want you to get back in it. So you have to find a way to stay away from it. But he's going to give you wisdom. So always ask for wisdom. Nugget number four. I love this one. Say, uh, nugget number four. He said, uh, prayer, let's say, prayer gives you the strength to avoid temptation. A lot of times your flesh want to do stuff. Your flesh just want to eat and want to sleep, whatever you want to do. Matthew 26, 41. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak because you're not praying. Your flesh is weak because you're watching a lot of this craziness on TV. Your flesh is weak because you're feeding it all day. Your flesh is weak. Come, come on now. You have to resist things. God got me studying on that, the resisting side of a Christian. Because if you're not resisting stuff, you're not making it. You have to resist the temptation when it comes. You have to resist. And most people don't because they're like, well, I just repent and I just ask God to forgive me. I'm just going to do it because your flesh wants it. Your flesh will take you straight to hell. If you let it, it will. Because it never, it's never satisfied. Your flesh wants more and more and more. That's why you say, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body and bring it under subjection. You have to do it. When you get saved, God didn't just save you and say, well, I'm going to do everything for you. No, now you have to do some work. You have to do some work to keep yourself right. I have to do some work as a man, as a minister, things flesh want to do. I can't do certain things as a, even as a minister. I can't come before you and I'm out in the club last night. So Mr. Jones, chilling last night at the club. I can't go to the club and hang out and, and do all this stuff. You can't do that. As a man of God, I chose this life, so I have to represent so I have to resist this flesh. I chose not to cheat on my wife for 27, what we married, 25 years, 25 years. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I, I don't want to do that. I love my wife. I'm not doing that. You have to make a decision. If you don't, you're going to follow your flesh all the time. James 1.12. I'm going to read this because this is so powerful. And I want you to see this. If you don't see anything, I want you to see this. It said, blessed is the man who endured temptation. Word temptation is solicitation. For when he is tried or approved, he should receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to those who love him. Let, now listen to this one. I love this one. It said, let no man say when he is tempted or tested, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempt anyone. I'm going to show you how you would happen. I've got to read this one to you. It said James 1.14. Now put James 1.14 up. It said, but every man, say every man. Every man is tempted when he, say he, he is drawn away by his own lust. Lust is a longing, especially for something that is forbidden. That's what lust is. So you can lust for ice cream, you can lust for this and that, you know, sex get bad, but you can lust for anything. So you lusting for something. He said, you are drawn away with your own lust and enticed. And that word entice is allure or beguile. Like the enemy beguiled Satan. He allured her. He enticed her. He 
He pulled her in. Satan beguiled Eve. I'm messing with you. Yeah, he beguiled her. So in the verse uh, 15, then when lust has conceived, the word conceive is arrest, a capture, a caught you, capture you. Now, that lust in your heart, you've been watching this girl all day, and you're just like, man, she this and that. You're just rehearsing in your mind. You haven't cast that thought out your mind. That lust has captured you. Now, I'm going to show you what's going to happen next. It brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished with you, I put in that with you. Yeah, I, I put finished with you. Because it's going to use you up. But when it's finished with you, it brings forth death. So when it's finished with you, it brings forth death. Yeah, yeah. All this time you, you see the woman on the job and you just this and that and lead up to another, this and that, y'all dating this and that. And then, then after it's over, you lost your wife, lost your kids, lost your home, lost your all that. And she's like, well, you know, I thought it was going to work, but it's not working now. So <laughs> you didn't lost everything for 15 minutes because you couldn't control your lust. It says it in the Bible. Read it. It says it brings forth death. That's what it's going to bring. In James 4, 7, it said, therefore, I love this. This verse saved my life when I was a Christian, when I first got saved. It said, therefore, submit unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit unto God, resist the devil. I was submitting, but I wasn't resisting. I love God. I got saved. I just love God. I sold out for God. But I wasn't resisting. I was a single man in California. I don't know how you stay saved in California. Bless your heart, brothers. Because it's like everything is just, you know, in California. So I had to just resist going out. I closed everybody off Friday, Saturday night. I just wasn't going to no club. I wasn't doing nothing. Just me and Jesus. I had to. Because I, wanted to, I didn't want to be in that religious side. You know, people just... If I'm saved and I love God, I want the full effect of it. And I want to be totally free from lust, from this, from that, all that stuff. I didn't want nothing to control me but God. So I had to resist it. I had to put all that stuff away, resist it, close my house down, tell girlfriends, you can't come to my house, don't call me, none of that. I wanted to start out fresh. And sometimes you may have to get rid of certain people. If they're causing you to sin, you got to get rid of them. Love you, but uh, no, nah, you cause me to sin all the time. Every time I'm around you, we just do stuff that it ain't right. And you may have to cut that person off. If you're not strong enough, you're going to have to cut it off. You're going to have to cut it off. Nugget number five. It said, prayer invites the Holy Spirit in your life. Romans 8.26 it said, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit himself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So sometimes you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what, you just get there. Something, but just show up. Sometimes you just got to show up to your prayer closet. Say, God, I just thank you, God. You don't, you have to, just show up. And just start praying in the Spirit, just crying out to God. And the Spirit will pick up that cry, and he will start praying for you. He will start, and then he'll tell you what to pray. He'll tell you what to pray. Oh, That's why if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with it. It's not nothing to be embarrassed of. It's not nothing to say, I've never been filled. 
Listen, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot be a successful Christian. Hear me, but not being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. That's your power. When you speak in tongues, you, you praying, you building up yourself in your most holy of faith. You building yourself up. And when you come out, I feel like you can take the world. Seriously. You're strong enough to, to do that, but you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not, we're going to have an altar call. Come, come get filled. And don't be ashamed. We're all one big family. One big family. I wanted it when I first got saved. I wanted it because I wanted to be free. And I know I needed the power of God to help me to live a successful Christian life. And if there's anybody telling you you can't live a successful Christian life, they're a liar. You can do it. You can do it. You can have a strong relationship with God, but it's going to take you resisting, resisting this world. And I say, if you're not filled, we're going to talk to you about that. Just say this quick little prayer. I'll just close your eyes. Just a quick little prayer. I want you to say this. I wrote this down. Say, Lord, create in me a clean heart, a right spirit before you. Give me a positive, joyful, loving, and forgiving attitude towards others. If there is anything that needs to be changed in me, I pray you would help me make the change. I pray that you would help me make the change. And if you're sincere with that, he will. He will. That's how you have to go to God sometimes. You have to go to God with saying, God, help me. I need you. Every morning I get up, I say, good morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Help me. Help me to be a better father. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to go to my job. Help me to, I need your help. Because I know this flesh is going to want to do it itself. My flesh is going to wake up and you just doing whatever you want to do. No restraints, no nothing. You're just doing whatever you want to do. Whatever way the wind blows, you're just going that way. Nothing to sustain you. Nothing to, you know, get you going. So let's, let's continue on. Nugget number six, and this is the last one because we want to be out here by eight. Our power, we're gonna, we're gonna continue on. Prayer helps you become more like Jesus. It does. Uh, Philippians 3:10. It said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. But if you don't know him, how are you gonna become like him? If you don't spend time with him, you can never be like him. So you have to have a place, a time, and, and, and the urgency to want to spend time with God. You have to love him that much that I want to spend time with God no matter what, whatever's going on in my life. Make that a priority that you, he loves you that much that he want to spend time with you. Everywhere I went, everywhere we went, even in Tulsa, I always set a spot. Even was in the garage, in the closet, whatever, a spot. I met him in that spot. And everywhere we moved, I always had a spot. Find you a spot. If it's in your closet, you got a lot of clothes, make a spot in that closet. Put a little lamp in there, get your Bible, whatever. Say, God, I'll be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to meet you here, Lord Jesus. And I tell him, when you get up, freshen up, and go there, he's going to be like, he's waiting on you. 
Make that spot to where you and Jesus spend time together. Just start out by worship. Don't go to prayer always, God, okay, I need this, I need that. I say, God, just get some soft worship music playing. Get your music playing and worship music. God, I just praise you, Lord God. I just praise you and I thank you. I just love you. You just, and just, just get into that. Let that be the last thing about what you, you need. But at least spend time with him. Amen? That meeting place. Have a meeting place with God. Have a meeting place of time with God that you will meet with him all the time. And I say this in closing. Protect your spirit with what you watch and what you listen to. You have to protect your spirit in God. You know, I think about what was that, that Grammy thing. I didn't watch it, but saw clips and I, that was straight demonic. And the world is trying to tell you that this is normal. You have somebody like the devil on there, devil worship and doing the ritual on TV where your kids watching it. Well, I just want to get to the, to the rapper. Well, I want to see all that get to, but you didn't open yourself up to this demonic spirit. And then they put blaspheme Jesus with the, with the supper. That was nothing but blaspheming. Like the supper, yeah, that was nothing but blaspheming Jesus. That's all they was doing. But you think, ooh, that look good. That food on there look good. And they have you know, all the little stars. Yeah, that's all they was doing. It just was straight demonic. So watch what you watch, and they're going to get worse and worse. I'm telling you now, it's going to be worse and worse because there's no restraint. They're letting them do whatever they want to do. So I'm not watching halftime show Super I'm Chief. I love Chief. But I don't know what they're going to put on there. This, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I, I, I'm not opening myself up to it. I don't care who's singing it. So you better watch what you watch. Amen. You better watch it in the name of Jesus. You can't change. You can't change the culture if you're conforming to it. You can't change it. They be transformed by the renewal. See, I submit my body to God. To well, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. And be not conforming to this world be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So if you, if it's desensitizing you. It's desensitizing your spirit with all this stuff that's going on. LGBTQ, all this stuff that's going on. We love everybody. But we can't change because to make everybody, we can't. You're either going to stand for Christ or you're going to stand for the world. Stand for Christ or you're going to stand for the world. And all this stuff that's coming on these world, these cities and stuff, and these earthquakes. I was reading, I had to go read Matthews 24 and see where we at. Where we at? Because all this stuff is happening like, so I'm reading and reading and reading. I'm like, I don't see nothing that haven't already happened. What, seven, 6,000 people got killed in the earthquake the other day? And the buildings was falling while you're standing outside, you see this stuff? And Come on, people. You got to be something if you don't see the end times is here. And you think, but well, did it get better? Tell me when. When, when is it going to get better? Yeah. It, it's not going to get better. You got to get closer and closer to Jesus and say, I'm detaching myself from this world and I'm coming to Christ. And I'm going to get under the, the covering. I'm going to get under this covering. 
Come here, come to church, be involved, get under this man and woman of God, and do what God does. Let the world do what they do, but at least you're under a covering. We got a man of God that's praying for us. That's, you know, come on now. Don't, don't be fooled and be out there in the world and say, well, I just go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and pay my tithes and do this and that, and you partying and clubbing. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how a Christian could go to a club. I'm just being straight up honest with you. You could be sitting next to Jeffrey Diamonds or whatever in the club. <laughs> I'm serious. You don't know what's in there. You don't know who. What, you could be, you get up, use the bathroom, he puts something in your drink next thing you're in his house. You don't know who's in the club. Oh, he's nice. He look nice. He look buff. He look nice. That's a devil. She's fine. She look, yeah, of course the devil's going to make it look good for you to see it, the lust of the eyes. Because he know a man go by what we see, a woman go by the heart. A woman, you give a woman something, he could be an ugly, ugly brother, but he, she love him. Cause, you know what I'm saying? Not, not saying that, but <laughs> praise God. But us, I'm just talking about men now. Men, oh, that look good, that look good. We go by what we see, and we get tricked mostly all the time. Because the, the devil know how to fix it up and make it look good. So guard your eyes. See, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a young woman. I'm looking at that woman right there. That's all I want to see. Everybody else, my sisters, love y'all. Y'all my sisters in Christ. I, I love you. That's all y'all. I'm faithful to this woman right here. I love her. She got my back. I got her. I don't, I don't need, I can't afford to do that. Because I know if I mess up, he's going to take me out like that. I didn't do too much damage to his kingdom. I didn't want too many souls. So he's waiting for me to be in some club or something like, oh, yeah, he, he's waiting. Trick yourself and go somewhere where you don't know you're supposed to be. Yeah, trick yourself. Oh, I'm going to witness. We're going to witness in the club. You better stay out of there if you can't. If you're dealing with a lust spirit or you're dealing with, you better, come on, let somebody else go in there. Don't be fooled by the devil. He will trick you up. He don't play. The devil don't take vacations. And once he gets you on the ground, he's going to keep stumping you, keep stumping you. He don't give you a chance to get up and take a break. But he, he didn't, don't, don't mess with me today, Mr. Devil. Don't call him no Mr. Devil. Because, no, don't call him no. He's not going to take a break. That's why you got to pray constantly. Bind the devil. Get up, pray. Bind the devil. And then put on your armor every day. And be ready for his tricks. So when, he's, when he comes with his tricks, you're ready. You already got your armor on. Got your shield of faith on. Come on now. You can't play with the devil. He's showing you what he's doing to this world. He's literally messing up the minds of people, non-binary, whatever they call themselves. They call themselves this. Call, they don't know who they are. Seriously. So for me in my house, like I said in the beginning, it's only two, either good or evil. That's who I am. I'm going to stand for righteous all the time. I don't care who you are. I don't care which color you are. If you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm standing for Christ, and that's what you need to do. You need to stand for Christ, because that's the only one going to be with you through this all mess, through this mess. He's the only one. So watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. If you have a problem with that, get, get it off your gyro. Get the music off you, whatever. Change what you listen to. If you're in your car and you listen to this bumping crazy um, crazy witch trap music, and you don't know what they're doing, turn that junk off. You don't know what they're saying. And you don't know what they're saying. So, in the name of Jesus, can we all stand?
Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's more, but there's always time. I want to be obedient to the time. And I uh, always want to be obedient to the time. And if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, like I said, we want you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, and you know, some people say, well, the Holy Ghost will, uh, the, the, only the Jews got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2. But if you look at uh, Acts 10, 44, that's when the Gentiles, which we are non-Christian, got filled. The Holy Ghost filled. And I want to read that to you real quickly. If you uh, want to read that, you can play some soft music on that. Great, man. Acts, uh, it's not up there, but praise God, y'all. Acts 10, 44. I just want to read this to you real quickly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, Father God. Where is it at? So while Peter was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed was astonished as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also. So you're not a Jew, you wasn't blue, but we was engrafted. We was adopted into this covenant. Yeah, yeah. No matter who you are, where you came from, part of the body of Christ. Have black, white, Chinese, whatever. We are one family in Christ. I get along with anybody. As long as you're Christ, whatever, we're going to get along. I don't have racism in my heart. I don't have none of that. But I have the love of God in my heart. You need the love of God in your heart to live this Christian life. Because it won't work for you. You'll be defeated. You'll be tricked to go back where you came from. So like a dog returned to his mama, he'll return back to it. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.